we are only going to become more cross-cultural, more diverse, more, you know, our communities will have more immigrants, more refugees, more people, and you, you need to take it upon, we as the church need to take it upon ourselves to be able to reach out and minister to those folks, even right here locally. to Calvary Conversations. My name is Sean LePage. I'm the chairman of the Ministry Studies Department at Calvary University. Thank you so much for joining us and for participating in this conversation. Um, my guest today is actually one of my fellow Calvary Conversations hosts, uh, Joshua Paxton. He's the director of the Burnham Center for Global Engagement. And uh, he's also a professor uh, of intercultural studies and um, welcome, Josh. Glad to have you with us today. It's good to be here, Sean. I'm excited about this conversation and, and um, I, I, I want to start it by just congratulating you because um, as uh, our listeners uh, may not know, you just recently completed a, uh, a doctorate of education in cultural, uh, intercultural education and um, and that's quite an achievement. So, so congratulations. Um, I'm just glad to have it done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm you know, sure. the irony, the irony of getting a, getting a doctorate is you, you cross that finish line and, and you're not really done because now people expect you to actually do something with, <laughs> actually with <this>. do more. <laughs> yes. You're, you're expected to do more now and, and yep. to be brilliant and uh, and and winsome and, and all kinds of stuff now. You're a doctor. So uh, but anyway, congratulations. It's a major achievement. I'm, I'm still working on my doctor of ministry. So I I, uh, I know uh, what a, a, a great feeling that must be. You're also going to be launching a um, a uh, a new uh, program. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so, so we're not really launching a new program. We're kind of transitioning a program we have. Calvary has had a master's of science in education with, and there are varying emphasis areas in that degree program. Uh, one of them, Christian education, we, we realized that those who were in that particular program were missionaries, were, were people serving on the mission field. And so with, um, with our, the chair of our education department, uh, Dr. Mary Briggs, we're, we're reframing that program into a master's of science in education in intercultural education. And so that way we can zero in on areas of education and cross-cultural studies that will be more applicable to to that area, those who are going to be teaching others, teaching people of a different culture. Excellent. So, if anybody's interested in this, if that, if that sounds like a, a, something that they would like to study, uh, they can uh, contact you and get uh, all the details. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Me, Dr. Mary Briggs, we're we're gonna be hopefully launching that in the fall. So, looking forward to having some students in there. Good. Well. Um, I, I wanted to talk with you today uh, about this this uh, this broader subject of intercultural education, mm -hmm. and, and um, you know I I personally uh, have grown in my appreciation for this area of study, and um, 
uh, and I think that it's something that that all Christians need to be engaged in. Absolutely. <clears throat> and and I'll and I'll let you talk about that. But uh, let's start by defining it. What is intercultural education? So I'm going to I'm going to give you a long, um, very involved definition, and then I will I will try to break that down for you. Okay, that was a horrible way to start. <laughs> yeah, it is a horrible. It is. Don't it's tell us how perfect. long it's so, going to be. Just tell um, us how excited you are. Obviously, so obviously, though, if you're going to define something that would result in a master's degree, there's there's a lot to it. So okay, okay. Right. um, and so I'm going to define it this way. This is the definition that I this is the definition that I use in my dissertation. Uh, intercultural education is the multidimensional process of relational interaction of beings and beings. Now that's that's capital B beings, meaning God is involved in the educational process and lowercase beings, meaning people are involved in the educational process. It's multidimensional because education can involve lecturing discussion it's contextually dependent uh you know it's not just academic in an academic setting but it's also out in the world learning hands-on learning getting experience so there's there is a lot to it um but relational interaction of god humans uh the students the educational community and so the teacher, mentors, pastors, you know, others who might be involved in that, we want to recognize that education is not something that just happens in the classroom, right? Education is a lifelong experience towards spiritual and intercultural development. Okay, so we want to develop people spiritually in their relationship with the Lord. We also want to develop their intercultural competency, if I will. I'll define that in a minute. And so there's there's two focus areas of intercultural education, two different ways that we could think about it. One of those ways would be across cultures. So that would be the example there would be of, you know, if I as a teacher am going to go to Japan and, and teach in the Japanese school system, then I'm of one culture, I have one cultural background, my students have a different cultural background. And so, how I teach them, right, is is going to need to take in a lot of considerations for crossing those cultural boundaries and communication. So that's one. The second is what we would call education for interculturality. Now that's a big that's a big long word, but essentially what that means is preparing students for crossing cultures. So that's the aspect that's the aspect of it where. You know, for example, here at Calvary, I'm preparing students who are going to go out and and serve on the mission field or they're going to be they're going to be the teachers. They're going to be involved in some kind of work or ministry that involves cross-cultural communication. And so in that sense, intercultural education is helping to prepare them for for that role, stepping across cultures. So long definition but i hope it you know i hope it explains that it's it's really that process of helping people to engage with others cross culturally why would teaching cross culturally be different from teaching someone of the same culture how how is that different okay and so you know it's good to point that out there's 
Yeah, typically when we think of education, we think of the formal aspect of education, which is in a classroom with an instructor, right? But there's also, you know, informal education, there's non-formal education, there's there's different kinds of education. And, and that plays into how we teach, the environment in which we teach. Uh, something that we, we really want to stress is how important the context is to education. And so whether that's in a classroom or it's, you know, the pastor standing up and preaching on Sunday morning, or it's in a small group discussion time, or it's the, the mom at home homeschooling her kids, right? That's, those are all different contexts. And so how education is done within those contexts can look different. So of primary concern here is a cross-cultural context. And so there's, you know, we, ha we have limited time. So uh, just highlight a couple different things. Foundational to the entire discussion is obviously worldview differences. And so, you know, we have a worldview. You and I share a worldview of Western Christian United States, uh, you know, that's Midwestern. We, we have very similar worldviews in that. But around the world, people's worldviews are not the same. And so their understanding of reality is not the same. The authority that they give to different areas of education. So consider perhaps within a worldview, your source of authority. For us, the Bible is a source of authority. Um, for somebody of another culture, or even people within our own culture, the Bible is not a source of authority. And so how do you enter into and teach somebody when their source of authority, their basis for their worldview and their understanding of reality might be different than your own? And you've got to start at that level of understanding how to enter into their world and communicate things in a way that they understand. Ultimately, uh, intercultural education is really about that aspect of cross-cultural communication. That is, I have a message you know, whether that's whether that message is the gospel or it's math or social studies or history or, you know, whatever that message may be, I've got to be able to communicate that message in a way that this person's going to understand it. Because what what matters is that they get the meaning of the message, right? When, when my presentation is irrelevant if they don't understand the meaning of what I am trying to convey. So, so from there, let me get into probably a primary thing, which is cognitive differences. We don't all think the same way uh, because of our worldview, because of our culture, because of a myriad of factors, which take too long for this discussion. Uh, we just don't think the same way. We don't process information the same. We don't organize information the same. And then, of course, we have linguistic differences, but I want to highlight something in linguistic differences, which is not just the language. Obviously, language is a component of that. If you're going to communicate, if you're going to teach, you need to be able to do so in the language that that your hearers will know and understand. That's that's basic. But our language also affects how we think and process information. Different cultures define terms differently, and those terms aren't necessarily equivalent across cultures. Like 
your ministry chair of ministry studies think of all of the time and energy that goes into understanding scripture and it's historical and contextual context the greek understanding the greek terms uh you're a pastor of a church you know you you want to exegete those things to your to your congregation so that they can understand them the exact same thing is true when we go to teach somebody across cultural lines i might understand what this word means meaning is a very important concept here i'm I understand what this word means in English, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the meaning is the same even when I directly translate it into another language or that it creates the same image in that person's head when I translate it to them. So those are at least three areas. Those are I appreciate the, the things that you emphasize there, uh, you know, uh, especially like that we we don't all think the same, you know. I think often that frustrates people if, if we're not, you know, thinking clearly, uh, we get frustrated and, uh, you know, I hear people say things like, like, uh, they don't think right or, or, uh, they're stupid or whatever, but, but in reality, we don't all think the same and that's not just, um, a cultural difference or, um, I mean, that, that can be true even in what we consider our own culture, that we don't all Absolutely. think the same way. Absolutely. And that's so, an yeah. great example. So a great example of that. You have probably, I don't know if our audience has, but you have probably seen like the meme or, or the little video clip on Facebook of a, of a girl making the statement, uh, feelings are facts. Okay. And so this is this is something that is especially prevalent in our in our largely postmodern culture today is that the way I feel about something determines the truth of that, whether it is a whether it is a factual reality or not. OK, but this is not new to to postmoderns. This this is not a new thing to postmoderns. This is actually a reflection of a intuitional thinking style. And so there are three main, as further illustrate the point, there are three main thinking styles. There's conceptual, concrete relational, and, and intuitional. And so the idea that our, our emotions, the way we feel about a situation, determines the, the truth, the veracity, the reality of that situation is reflected in an intuitional thinking style, which is very much the thinking style of a lot of um, India, Nepal, Asia, you know, areas where the worldview is is based in Hinduism and Buddhism. There is where they uh, Hinduism and Buddhism as religious beliefs basically say that all of reality is an illusion. And so as a result, it's not what's real that actually matters. It's what you feel about what's real. And so you know, Solomon writes, there is nothing new under the sun. Postmodernism is not new. The, the, basic, the basic reality of that has been there for some time within this thinking style, which tells me that what matters is what I, the way I feel about the situation, not the actual facts of the situation. So conceptual, 
Western thinking, the way we typically think and the way we you know, shove everything into an academic box is very much in terms of concepts. So here at Calvary, you know, if you come and you take you take a theology class, we're going to teach you systematic theology. Systematic theology reflects a conceptual thinking style. You know, all those different branches, angelology, soteriology, ecclesiology, eschatology, those are all concepts. And so we understand the truth of scripture in terms of a conceptual framework, right? Uh, now, concrete relational, on the other hand, is understanding the concept in light of its practical, concrete reality. And so concrete relational is the thinking style of much of Africa, much of the Middle East. It's the it's the thinking style that is reflected in the Gospels. If you actually want to kind of compare these two things, the Gospels reflect a concrete relational thinking style was the thinking style of of the Jews of the day, whereas Paul's letters reflect a more conceptual thinking style. One of the differences in those in those writings. And so concrete relational thinking style is more, well, I understand. I understand what a um, what this concept is because I can relate it to something directly. So Jesus is one of my best ways to explain this. Jesus taught in parables. Parables are a very concrete way of understanding a concept. So he would teach them. I don't have one right off the tip of my head here, but um, he he would teach them eternal truths, concepts about heaven and hell, etc., by using stories, a concrete way of thinking about it. So the sheep and the goats, for example, the the illustration of the sheep and the goats and separating the sheep and the goats is a very concrete way to think about the concept of what's going to happen in the end times with between believers and unbelievers believers going to be with the shepherd and unbelievers um you know going to the lake of fire and so it's it's just a different way of presenting the information but how we present the information is relevant for a person's ability to understand you know what you're saying actually kind of begs a question and that is, how do we navigate these different ways of thinking without being judgmental about, you know, because and I think this is really relevant because, as you say, you know, postmodernism in our time has has really changed um, the the rules, if you will, for uh, for different generations of, about how we get at the truth uh, um, or even whether we can get at the truth. So um, how do we how do we navigate these different ways of thinking, uh, you know, without being judgmental and saying, well, that's a ridiculous way <laughs> to, you know, to to try to come to the truth. And, and, and you know, like you hear things like uh, facts don't care about your feelings and, and whatever. How do we how do we, uh, you know, uh, cross culturally navigate those different ways of thinking? So, so the first thing that you should do is enroll in Calvary's Master of Science in Intercultural <laughs> Education program, and you will take a deep dive into that because these are things which, honestly, you can't explain in thirty seconds. But let me let me start with maybe this one foundational premise, which is that you know recognizing okay. <clears throat> 
uh, all of us, okay, all of us are are a bit ethnocentric. We we right. cannot help but but be somewhat ethnocentric because we have all been enculturated into our way of doing life. Our our understanding of how to think. We have been taught in an environment you consider the person who goes to a public school system and you go to the public school system and within that school system you go through 12 grades and the primary teaching style is lecture you sit you listen you take notes you okay that is going to have an impact on how you think and process information it's going to have an impact on how you approach people in authority it's going to have an impact on the credibility that you give people in authority, right? It's going to have an impact on how you arrange information, the presentation of information. So real quick illustration, you know, here in the West, we tend to think in outlines. Here's point A and point B and point C. And so when the, you know, when the, when the pastor gets up to give a sermon, he's, he's typically got, here's, you know, here's point A, or here's my first point, here's my second point, here's my third point, right? Here's here's my conclusion, therefore do this. Um, and, but in Africa, for example, a typical way of presenting information would be exactly the opposite. Here's, here's my support, here's, rather than here's my main point, and here are my supporting points, which would be the Western way, it we flip that on its head and here's my supporting points and yeah here's my main point and here's what you should do with it and so you can think about the kind of problem that can result when the pastor gets up to preach and he's given his main point and then he's going to come back around to it okay uh but he's in an audience where his audience thinks that his main point is actually the supporting point of his of one of his supporting points later on he's not communicating He's he's not effectively communicating because he's not organizing the presentation of his message in a way that the people of this culture can understand. So so re remember, probably most important point, remember, we're all a little bit ethnocentric and we have to be able to develop the capability of stepping out of our ethnocentricity, our way of viewing things as being normal to consider that just because somebody else not talking about moral issues here but just because somebody does something different doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong that's that's not you know obviously that's not related to moral issues we have you know there is a clear morality in scripture but just because somebody thinks or processes information differently than we do doesn't necessarily mean that their way of doing it is wrong. How do we enter into the way they think and present the information in a way that is understandable? I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I think, you know, it's the it's the old adage of you, you can't just uh, exegete the uh, the scriptures, but you also have to exegete the culture. You have to try. And that's there's, really, there's a quote that, that um, so, uh, you know, there is no there is one of the things we would talk about would be learning styles. And so so a common learning style for us would be lecture, often involving a lot of audiovisual aids. 
but you consider consider perhaps an oral culture, a primary 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 primarily oral culture. I can't get the word out. Um, <laughs> where the way that they share information is is dependent upon their ability to remember the information. And so giving a three hour lecture to somebody in an oral culture is not really going to help them remember anything. They they need it in shorter bites. They need to be able to remember it. They need it presented in uh, with mnemonic devices that that help them to to recall the information. And so there's there's no one size fits all way of presenting it. The the truth is the truth. I mean, it's it's the truth. It doesn't change. It is what it is. But how we present the truth, right, is is dependent upon how they understand it. Um, there's a there's a cartoon um, that's related to related to standardized testing out there, and you've got like you got the teacher at the desk. And he's he's saying, OK, in order to in order for everything to be equal, you will all take the same test. Please climb this tree behind me. And and you have like a monkey and an elephant and <laughs> and a penguin and a fish. And it's and and it's like. What? <laughs> it's, it's idiotic. They can't all climb a tree. They, they just I mean a monkey. It's going to really be able to climb that tree a fish forget about it uh and it's there's this there's a saying if you um uh if you judge an elephant by its ability to fly it will live its whole life thinking itself a failure and so so how do we step into this culture's learning style their way of understanding information and present it in a way that is clear and makes sense to them. We're not changing the information. We're just presenting it in a way that they can they can correctly process it. I think this is good. And I, I do think that to some extent it's instinctive. Um, you know, we we know that we can't uh, explain something to uh, a child in the same way that we would explain it to, say, you know, our spouse or or a, uh, an adult friend or someone and um you know and we uh, we also kind of instinctively know that when there's a cultural i mean when there's a language barrier we we slow down we 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 try to use uh, words that that we we think are are more common and you know we we kind of instinctively know that that uh we we have to uh, be very careful with the communication process in order to 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 communicate clearly sometimes and, sometimes not to disagree with you but i think sometimes we do and sometimes we don't because again that that ethnocentrism comes into play and and dependent upon the degree of of ethnocentrism that we have in our experience engaging with other cultures it's it's all too easy to view you know, my my normals should be the normals for everybody. Um, and so and there is this attitude out there, right? My normal should be the normal for everybody. I am correct and everybody else is wrong. And so they need to adapt to me and and my view of my normals, my way of doing things. 
rather than me adapting to them. But you get into an educational environment, especially, or a, you're a missionary on the mission field. You cannot expect, you know, you're, you're the one person who has now entered into their culture. You can't expect them to change for you. You need to, you need to figure out how to, how to change in order to communicate this message, whether that message is math or it's the gospel, because you know the importance of this message. They don't. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I totally agree. And I, th I think I probably should have said that sometimes we instinctively, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> instinctively do this. Um, but at other times we, we, uh, we, we fail to, to recognize the, the need for cross-cultural communication. Well, so uh, we're, we're out of time here, but uh, take, take a, a minute or so and just boil it all down for us. You know, like say for the average Christian or for a, a church, a local church leader or ministry leader, you know, um, why should we give our attention to uh, our own intercultural education? So I'll give two things. Number one would be the Great Commission. You know, Matthew 28, Mark 16, 15, uh, Luke 24, John 20, 21, Acts 1, 8. I could throw in 2 Corinthians 5. I mean, I can I can spend <clears throat> verses all day long talking about the importance of, of sharing the gospel and reaching all peoples, uh, panta ta ethne, all people groups, all family, ethno-linguistic family groups. And so it's it, it's important because there are people around the world who don't know the gospel they don't know you know they don't know who jesus is and they they are they are dying without that knowledge and you cannot expect them to come your way in order to learn it you can't expect them to learn english so that you can share the message of the gospel because you only speak english they don't know the value of this message yet and until they know the value of the message why would they put forth that effort they're not going to you have to go to them so so we have to develop ways of communicating to to reach them but even even more closer to home right because we have people watching this i'm never going to be in a cross-cultural situation i'm never going to teach cross-culturally why is this even relevant to me you you may not be in one of those situations but the reality of Integration and the ongoing refugee crisis is our culture, even right here in the United States. Our our communities are becoming more and more cross-cultural. Um, this is not going to change. It's not. It's only going to become. We are only going to become more cross-cultural, more diverse more, you know, our communities will have more immigrants, more refugees, more people, and you, you need to take it upon, we as the church need to take it upon ourselves to be able to reach out and minister to those folks, even right here locally, right? That's, we can't, again, we can't expect them to come to us. We have to go to them. They're not going to come to us to receive a message that they don't know is important. We've got to take it to them, even right here in our own context. And then even, I know I'm out of time, but um, even in consideration of 
situate cultural right, situation cultural situations like we've seen over the past few years between whites and blacks and you know the, those situations okay and i want to try to be very sensitive here but oftentimes what lies at the bottom of those situations the the reality that lies under those situations is cross-cultural differences in our understanding in our interpretation of the facts of the events all right so here's the facts these are the facts but we don't all look at the facts through the same lens we don't all think about the facts the same way because of our experience and our worldview and if i can't enter into somebody else's understanding of the facts why they interpret those facts differently i'm never going to be able to enter into honest you know life building life affirming conversation with them yeah great uh you know we we uh we have been given a great commission by by jesus and and that requires love and compassion and uh and uh in order to in order to do that well i think you're right that uh, we we must educate ourselves we must uh, be educated in in those intercultural differences well josh thank you so much for what you're doing at calvary university um and thank you for this time and 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 sharing with us about this really important uh, issue as it relates to to uh, our walk with Christ, as well as uh, Christian leadership. And uh, those of you who have uh, joined us for this conversation, thank you so much for your time. And uh, as always, we encourage you to participate in the conversation. You can contact us through calvary.edu and look for the the faculty page there. And you can contact uh, Josh uh, or myself or, or any of the Calvary faculty if you have questions about about what we do here and and about the conversations that we have here. So again, thank you for 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 joining us for this uh, grace and peace. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322 0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.